Welcome to the Further Light Podcast, presented by Wisconsin Freemasonry, helping you accomplish your Masonic goals through education and more light. And now, I present to you, Brother Chris Ludke. This is Brother Chris Lickie, and today I want to explore gavels in Freemasonry. Now, when we talk about gavels, they can mean a lot of different things. And there's, of course, the working tool with its own lessons. There's the symbol of authority. There's the idea of keeping order and punctuating action. There are a lot of times that we use the gavel, but interestingly enough, there isn't a lot of material out there on the gavel. It's one of those things that's there, but you don't find a lot of authors talking about it, probably because it's a very simple tool. And yet it's so important. And what I've done in this case is instead of going out and putting material together, I found a really great article that I'm going to use as a basis of this by Paul, brother Paul M. Bessel called Gavels in Freemasonry. As, and as with other articles in the past, what I'm going to do is go through the article while at the same time stopping and annotating or expanding on some of his points, at times exploring some of his points. So let's look at Gavels in Freemasonry by Paul Bessel. Perhaps no lodge appliance or symbol is possessed of such deep and absorbing interest to the craft as the master's mallet or gavel. Nothing in the entire range of Masonic paraphernalia can boast the antiquity or unequivocally remote importance, according to Joseph F. Ford in the early history and antiquities of Freemasonry. I should say, as an aside, that this is a well-cited article. The issue is he cites by author's last name without ever providing a bibliography. So it's difficult to see what the actual source is uh, in some cases. But that's okay. Just bear with me. So gavels, hammers, mallets, or mauls have both practical and symbolic uses in lodges and other meetings, as well as both practical and symbolic uses in operative and speculative masonry. So let's start exploring some of those. First, keeping order and punctuating action. The gavel, of course, is generally adopted by Masonic bodies and many other groups as a means to call meetings to order, to keep order, to announce the results of a vote, or otherwise punctuate the action. However, it's a mistake for the presiding officer, in our case the master, to try to stop noise and keep order by pounding with the gavel. It's sort of the equivalent of screaming. Yes, we've all seen, and this is again an aside, yes, we've all seen the courtroom drama where the judge is sitting there pounding the gavel over and over, but it doesn't typically happen, and you wouldn't typically see the master do the same thing. It's just overkill. It loses that sense of control, of dignified action, of dignified, not representation, but the dignity of the presiding officer, I guess, is where I'm trying to go with that. Back to the article. The use of a hammer to keep order is common in medieval institutions, such as the guilds, where the governor 
quote, the governor having a small hammer in his hand made for the purpose when he will have silence to be had shall knock the same upon the board and who so ever do talk after the second stroke to pay without redemption to pence. This coming from an Elizabethan craft guild. So they're laying out rules for the gavel. There's also reference in a biography of the founder of the Cistercian order, as an aside, a monastic order developed as a reform order in France in the late medieval. The idea being they want to be less corrupt than other uh, bodies that were out there at the time. But back to the paper. So according to this biography of a founder of the Cistercians, referring to the gavel again, the harsh strokes of the wooden mallet used for calling the brethren together. So we see it used for points of order going back to the medieval and even earlier. You would have seen it in a Roman magistrate's proceedings. You would have seen it in other places as well. But it's also a symbol of authority. As Bessel points out, in a larger sense, gavels symbolize the executive power as this is an instrument which strikes blows, or it can be thought of as a symbol of authority without the use of force. So at times it's used to call order, but other times we use it as a symbol of authority without ever actually using it. The gavel is an emblem of the authority of the master in governing the lodge. At the installation of a master, he is informed upon his tendering this implement that constitutes the essential element of his authority over the assembled brethren, without which his efforts to preserve order would be ineffectual. It is the symbol that inducts him into the possession of the lodge. In other words, this is Hunt, well, Bessel talking about Hunt, referring to Hunt, saying that the gavel is the symbol. As soon as the gavel passes into the hands of a new master, he is accepted as master. Sort of like the hat would be another example. Back to Bessel. In the Middle Ages, mallets were thrown and all ground over which they traversed was acknowledged to be possessed by the thrower. It's a very old practice. This practice gave rise to the symbolism of the mallet indicating the master's possession of his lodge. Now, I should, as an aside, say... As a historian, we don't see that used very often because, of course, it would be pretty limited. Even a really good mallet and a really good throw, you'd have a pretty small yard. You'd have a small property. So the likelihood that this is actually being used is pretty unlikely. There are probably some circumstances where you would see it as a one-off, but it's not going to be common. Back to the paper. A somewhat different use of a throne hammer is shown in English Ordinance of 1462, which is said to have declared that lewd women should remain as far from the territory of Masonic lodges as a hammer could be hurled. Now, this is a Masonic craft guild lodge, so a, an operative lodge, but you do see these things, and you could imagine this again being a one-off situation. Back to the article. The appropriate item for this purpose should be wooden with a flat surface at one end and a pointed surface at the other. French and Spanish Freemasons sometimes refer to this as the president's hammer and use it as an instrument that is flat at both ends and then slightly pinched and larger again in the middle. The gavel should not resemble a setting mall. So this is being laid out by McCoy and Hunt. 
and giving us an idea of what the gavel should look like. The gavel is sometimes confused with the setting maul, which is a different instrument used for different purposes. The gavel is an implement used by the master and his wardens, and is an emblem of power, while the maul is a heavy wooden hammer with which the mason drives his chisel. The maul is also a weapon with which the master was traditionally said to have been slain, so it is an emblem of violent death. It is incorrect to use a gavel instead of a heavy maul in certain circumstances. It is also inappropriate to use an auctioneer's hammer, the traditional gavel, in the place of the setting maul. Now, his point here is that a setting maul and a gavel are two different things. A setting maul is used to hammer at the chisel when a stonemason is working his material. Sometimes it might be used to help coerce a stone into place. The hammer, the symbol of authority, is a very different thing and would never have been used for that purpose, especially in the medieval. The gavel of the master of a lodge is also called a Hiram at times. Now, this is according to McCoy. Because, like the architect, it governs the craft and keeps the order in the lodge as Hiram did in the temple. Or because of the use made of the mall at other points in ritual. As early as 1739, both gavels and malls were referred to as gavels. A negative sense of this implement is found in the Bible, Proverbs 25:18. A man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. So let's talk about operative and speculative masons, again, according to Bessel. Mackey and Coyle say the gavel is used as a hammer used as a hammer, has one flat face opposite the sharp end so that from the top it resembles a gabled roof on a house. And because of this gable becomes the German word gipfel, meaning summit or peak, or giebel, according to McCoy, and then the English word gavel, although in German lodges the gavel is called the hammer. It is one of the oldest working tools used by man as illustrated by stories of Scandinavian mythology, such as where Thor, the principal god, or one of the principal gods, was given a special hammer, which always struck its target with great force, and then returned to the thrower without any injury to him. Symbolically, as the hammer of Thor destroyed his enemies, so should it continue to be used to destroy the enemies of that which is good and true. It is used on stone to make a rough shaping or dressing, with the finished done with a chisel and a maul. Gavel is defined in the Oxford English Dictionary in 1901. It's a very old uh, citation, but still. As a mason setting maul or presiding officer's hammer, and is said to be an American usage. The name gavel was not known in England before the 19th century. Now, According to Bessel, Freemasons are taught that the common gavel is one of the working tools of an entered apprentice and is used by operative masons to break off the corners of rough ashlers, thus fitting them better for the builder's use. It is not adapted to giving polish or ornamentation to the stone, and hence it should symbolize only the training of the new Freemason, which is designed to give some limited skill and moral training. 
and to teach that labor is the lot of man and the qualities of heart and head are of limited value. If the hands be not prompt to execute the design of the master, its meaningless, uh, its meaning has been extended, of course, to include the symbolism of the chisel to show the enlightenment and ennobling effect of training and education. What he's getting at here is the idea that the gavel being one of the first things that we provide to an entered apprentice is used in roughing out a stone, just like an entered apprentice is just learning the institution and its lessons. It's a first introduction. It is an improvement, just like roughing out a stone is an improvement. But it isn't everything. Back to Bessel. The gavel is adopted in speculative Freemasonry to admonish us of the duty, often painful, according to Hunt, of divesting our minds and conscience of all vices and superfluities, thereby fitting our bodies or minds as living stones for the spiritual building not made with hands. So the gavel represents the force of conscience. It is our willpower through which we govern our actions and free ourselves from debasing influences. It tells us, again, those, those vices and superfluities, those things that take up bandwidth or take up time in our mind, but aren't actually of use. And we all have them. It requires, back to the article, it requires repeated exercise of our willpower to subdue our passions. Willpower is common to all and is fittingly symbolized by the common gavel. But just as the gavel is of no worth unless it is used, so is our willpower. The gavel is an instrument common to the lowest and highest in the lodge. The common gavel is shown in these early degrees to remind us symbolically that we should use it in Freemasonry to divest ourselves of the vices and superfluities of life. Years later, even when one has obtained the highest rank of the lodge by becoming its master, the same implement of a gavel is placed in his hand as a reminder that we all need to continue to strive for improvement in our manner and character. Now, I'm going to take an aside here for a moment and point out that the gavel being this very simple tool that we're providing very early in the degrees to remove the vices and superfluities from our minds is a very basic point that will become important later on because it teaches self-improvement, which of course we see through the seven liberal arts, we see elsewhere through the degrees. And so it's another lesson where it expands and develops, your understanding of it develops as you become more familiar with Freemasonry. Back to the article. Albert Pike felt the mallet and chisel and gavel symbolized development of the intellect of each individual and of society. He wrote, quote, A man's intellect is all his own, held direct from God, an inalienable fife. It is the most potent of weapons. Society hangs spiritually together. The free country in which intellect and genius govern will endow we endure to elevate the people by teaching loving kindness and wisdom with power to him who teaches best, and so to develop the free state from the rough ashlar. This is the labor in which masonry desires to lend a helping hand. According to Pike, that gavel becomes symbolic. 
It's telling us that we need to improve ourselves and the spirit of ourselves so that we can start to elevate each other. By becoming a better man for yourself, you will necessarily improve the lives of your family, your community, and society overall. And so this tool becomes one of betterment, a symbol that reminds us of our constant quest to become better men through masonry. Are you interested in learning more about Freemasonry in Wisconsin? Visit wisconsinmasons.org to learn more about masonry and access further educational content and more light. Once again, that address is wimasons.org. Any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at education at wisconsinmasons.org. And thank you for listening.